after about four weeks of trying to do schoolwork with kids at home, I have four daughters and I was just getting a little tapped out. So when their dad got home, I took myself to a local drive-thru, got a milkshake, sat in the back seat and watched two Netflix episodes all by myself in the parking lot of the drive-thru. We are wives, entrepreneurs, entertainers, executives, and at the end of the day, we are all moms. All at the same time and never in the same order. (laughs) This is Hi, My Name is Mom, a podcast about motherhood. Here are your hosts, Jen, Corey, and Kayla. Welcome to Hi, My Name is Mom with Mike Matthews. He's here to talk about avoiding the quarantine, the COVID-15, or possibly the COVID-19. It was a college. So it's like the quarantine fifteen, or or is it the is it the COVID nineteen, or that's then then you have on the extreme end on the yeah exactly. Or are you yeah are you on the quarantines? Are you moving into that phase? (laughs) We should really have pet names for our love handles at this point. So Mike is, um, he's a health and fitness author, founder and CEO of Legion Athletics. He has books and articles and podcasts and a line of supplements. And I found him when I was looking for a weightlifting program, but I didn't want to hire a trainer. And I saw these awesome reviews on this book called Thinner, Leaner, Stronger. And I started lifting heavier weights than I'd ever lifted. And all of a sudden I was like, oh, I think that's bicep that I see on my arm. And then after I had my second baby bash, I actually signed up for Mike's coaching program, which is uh, a fitness and diet program that is is specifically tailored to you and your life and uh, what you like to do and hate to do and all of that stuff. And I had great success on that program. I just basically do whatever Mike says. <laughs> yes, my, my plan has yes! worked. Yes. <laughs> another another acolyte. <laughs> In fact, I was on Mike's podcast, the Muscle for Life podcast, and talked about my journey with his program and all that kind of stuff. So that's out there somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I got a lot of good feedback on that episode. Oh, great. Well, today, um, <laughs> normally, Mike, <laughs> what we would talk to you about is, you know, getting fit after having a baby or, you know, feeling good in your body again or feeling stronger. Um, but we're all battling something that is uh, quite literally weighing on us these days, and that is uh, these quarantine pounds. Yeah. I mean, I... <sighs> I myself, uh, I, can't, I can't say that much has changed. I joke that it turns out my general lifestyle, I guess, could just be uh, characterized as quarantine. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> like, I, the only difference is I would be at, a, at an office in my office and now I'm at an office at home. But it still is, it, it has its, uh, its additional challenges. In, I mean, so we have kids uh, that are running around making noise. And then there's just uh, food around. Jen, you're saying like, my, my brother-in-law is staying with me. And he likes uh, snacky foods and candy and stuff. And that's, those are foods that are not normally around. There is definitely an, a, some added temptation when the when the uh, freezer is full of Jenny's ice cream or Jenny's is so good. I so just good. fell into you know that trap funny? yesterday. You know what's funny is so I haven't had real ice cream in so long. This is so here's it's all a first, like Halo Top or something. Here's, yeah, here's a first <laughs> in years. I ate real ice cream, and so I I had been eating Halo Top for a bit, and I was like, okay, I I really don't like this stuff. Uh, and then I then I had found like an enlightened one flavor, one flavor of enlightened. I was like, okay, I like that a little bit more than the Halo Top. And then Dolcezza. Did you ever find Dolcezza? Or is that no. a, like 
it might be a local. But so, so this one, so this one is like in the middle, right? It's like 500 calories per pint mm. and, and it, it's quite good, right? So I would eat, you know, that once or twice a week on the weekends, kind of my normal routine, right? So I thought the Dolce's calories were fake news. I was like, no way, this kid, this is too good for 500 calories. And then I had Jenny's. I was like, oh, right. Yep. This is what real ice cream tastes like. It's like, like a thousand calories a pint versus. Uh, but it's so much better. It's so it's good. so good, it, right? It's like once you start going to real ice cream again, the other stuff just tastes not like ice cream anymore. It's like oh, ice yeah. skim water milk. It's like a cross. Stuff. It's like, yeah, it's like slightly frozen milk. So that there's some good ones. So horrible. I know. Oh, we're I we're love, here to not no, eat ice cream. I love Ben and Jerry's and like I eat the bad stuff. I remember Godiva used to make an ice cream and they might still in some markets, but a half cup, not a half pint, a half cup of it was 28 grams of fat. Like it was, that's, that's impressive. It was that's, crazy. That's like impressive. Like Sometimes you, you find foods where you're actually impressed with the amount of calories they've been like, able to work into it. You know, <laughs> how did you do that? Unreal. Yeah. Okay. Well, now that we've made everyone really hungry and want to just eat brownies and ice cream, here's the, here's a major problem I see is that, you know, I'm just living in yoga pants all the time. And it's kind of like hard to feel that you're expanding when you're wearing yoga pants, you know, because they're so stretchy and nice. And then, you know, we can't really go to the gym because I feel like, I don't know if you guys are on the same page about this, but if we want to talk about spreading some droplets, oh, yeah, like no. no one, nowhere seems better to do that than the gym. Okay, so hold on. I'm telling you with the yoga pants, especially because I have four little kids, right? So I have decided, rather, I have mandated that everyone wears their clothes for three days before I'm going to wash them. That doesn't include socks and underwear, but you have to wear it three freaking times unless it is absolutely so disgusting that it's standing up on its own, right? <laughs> so the problem is, by the third day of wearing the same yoga pants, your yoga pants are also super loose. So it's <laughs> <laughs> it's really impossible to You're convinced tell. you're losing weight. <laughs> totally. Well, Mike, assuming we can't go to gyms for a while, because my feeling is even if things start to ease up, I mean, first of all, the thought of putting on actual pants is terrifying right now. No pants. No <laughs> pants life. But is there a way for us to actually, first of all, mitigate the damage that we've potentially done? You know, slow, slow, slow down, like hit the brakes on the snacking, and then also maybe start to go in the right direction when we don't have access to a gym? Is, do, do you think that's something we can do or we should just go like, ah, I give up right now and I'll just undo the damage later? Uh, I mean, that's always an option, right? But uh, <laughs> the, then the later comes, that's the problem. The problem right? is this is then, ongoing. So who yeah, knows then, then future you wishes pre previous you did something differently. But but no, I think I think it's it's uh, pretty there are, there's a lot that we can do right now. So let's say on the eating side of things, right? Even just 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 going back to what we were talking about, having all this delicious food or these snacks around, if it's actually a problem, then of course you can just buy less of it, right? And so if it's not around, and uh, then, then of course you can't eat it. If it's not there, you can't eat it. But also if you keep it out of sight, so if you keep the stuff packed away, you're less likely to eat it, right? And if you put it somewhere where you are less likely to go to, so let's say if you're going to the pantry often for things you actually need, cooking for your kids, whatever, maybe you don't have all the snack food right there. So you don't have to be tempted by it. Many, many people don't realize just how big of an impact that alone has. Just not seeing the stuff, the Oreos that, the, that's, that's open that you can just grab one or two, you know, 15 times throughout the day by simply not seeing the food. 
uh, it can help a lot in terms of, of controlling, uh, we're really just talking about controlling calories, right? Another simple little tip is let's talk about ice cream, right? So t- Jenny's ice cream, it's super delicious. I've realized this. And when you start eating a pint, when you grab the pint, there's a good chance you're just going to finish it because it's oh, yeah. so good, right? So a, a simple tip there is to decide beforehand how much you want to have. So let's say it's a half a pound. So you say, okay, I have 500 calories I'm going to give to this right now, whatever, right? Then take that out of the pint, put it in a bowl, put the, the pint away and eat it out of the bowl. Now, of course, this is not foolproof. You can go back for more, but <laughs> it does reduce the likelihood that, that you're going to do that, right? It does increase the likelihood that you're going to eat about as much as you wanted to eat. And then some people, what they'll even do is they'll, let's say this is later at night. This is your, your last meal. Your, these are your last calories for the day. They'll then brush their teeth right after, right? Mm-hmm. Which, which then, which then, okay, you're, you're not going, you're not going back probably. <laughs> Also, if someone is not, if they've never followed a meal plan before, now is a great time to, to dabble in it at least. And what that comes down to is, uh, I mean, I, I, I recommend, Corey, you know this, and I've written a lot about this, a very flexible, accommodating style of dieting where there aren't, there are no restricted foods. Um, you can eat the foods you like. You just follow guidelines in terms of how many calories you're eating and how those calories break down into protein and carbs and fat. And these are, uh, you don't have to be extremely rigid with these things, but you just need to have some, some, some guardrails to keep you from just, you know, going, uh, off the road into the into the ditch. I think at first it's annoying because you're maybe weighing food a little more and you have to really figure out how much of what macronutrient you're eating. And then once you get a hang of the hang of it, I actually find it really relaxing to kind of build my meals in an app like my fitness pal or one of the apps where you can just sort of see what you plan to eat for the day, manipulate it a little bit. And if you want to have a day where you like eat a massive breakfast, you just sort of adjust that for later in the day. I actually find it a lot more relaxing to follow a flexible dieting plan. I'm more successful when when I'm on a, a plan that I feel like is more sustainable for li- my life versus something that's going to kind of help me lose weight quickly and then I'm going to get sick and tired of trying to implement. And then when it's done, everything's yep. reversed. <laughs> yeah. And on top of it, with all of us being home, I mean, I, I, I know you guys are really similar, but I don't eat a lot of processed food at all. Um, I don't feed my kids a lot of processed food. I, we do a lot of, you know, perimeter shopping in the store and uh, most of the time. But right now, I feel like people are so worried about having just, you know, shelf-stable things in their pantry, you know, just in case. That yeah. it's, there's a lot, even those of us who probably are more apt to eat healthier are finding... Oh, let's throw some spam on that pasta. <laughs> yes. Like I bought spam for the first time in my adult life. I bought spam. I thought that was a crack at me actually, because I did. It. I spam. And I gave it to my kids for the first time. And my husband, I've made it for my husband too. Walks out of his office the other morning. He was like, that stuff's good. He's oh, like, no. that'd be good in ramen. I was like, do you hear yourself? <laughs> Are we listening? Look, look what, look what it's doing to you. Look what the virus is doing. Really what it comes down to is, and people, if you don't mind me mentioning, I mean, people can find at my website, legionathletics.com. If you search for meal planning, you can find a, a long article I wrote that really gives you all the details. It gives you a calculator so you can work out 
how many I put calories? people to that calculator all the time. Okay, cool. Yeah. So approximately how many calories should you be going for every day and how should those calories break down into protein, carbohydrate, and fat? And then how do you just put together a list of the types of foods that you like to eat and start assembling those into meals? And then you get into the habit of uh, following your plan and it just gets easier. And it actually is a, it's a great exercise to do even if you don't plan on sticking to a plan for any extended period of time, because what will happen is you'll, you'll become more in- acquainted with the foods that you like to eat and you'll understand better how many calories are in the things that you like to eat. And you'll also understand better how many calories your body needs to lose fat, to maintain its body composition, to even uh, maximize muscle gain at, at the expense of gaining a little bit of fat. And you'll become a better intuitive eater where you just will have instinctively a better understanding of how to eat by just going through the process of meal planning. And for many people, especially people who eat out normally, uh, maybe it's because they have to, maybe it's because of work and whatever circumstances, they're normally not cooking their own food. Now they are. And this is a great time to, to get in the habit of meal planning because right now you can control not only what you eat, but what even goes into. So if you're going to make yourself, let's say you want to make something good, you want to follow a recipe, um, you get to control everything that goes in that. If you go to a restaurant, you don't really know what's going in that. And restaurants are in the business of making food taste good, right? So that means almost always, if you want to make something taste better, you add oil or butter or sugar, and that's fine, but it you know comes with added calories. So- I actually have a burning question for all of us moms, Mike. And that is exactly how much wine can we get away with drinking without it? uh, (laughs) I actually am normally a person who allows myself like a glass or two, you know, twice a week. Or if we have, you know, an event we're going out to, I know that I'm going to have wine that night. I'm not typically a person who's drinking wine at home by myself because my husband doesn't drink. So I'm not typically a person who's doing that. But when we started being quarantined, I started having a glass every night and feeling bad about it. Then I started just unapologetically. I'm like, well, it's 4.30. <laughs> it's <time to laughs> well, then it was 11.30. <laughs> it was yeah, like, it's like any excuse. And, and who so knows we, what day of the week it is. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I have no idea, literally. So how much uh, can we get away with that? Or are we really going to not be able to, uh, you know, have the results we're hoping for if we're having wine every night? I would say you can actually. And it's funny, the long story short is alcohol, everybody knows if you drink too much, yes, it's a problem. You go and eat all the Oreos? (laughs) Well, yeah, (laughs) there's... There's what you eat with the alcohol, and, and from a body <laughs> composition, uh, one of the one of the issues with alcohol is that it, it's a it's a, a poison, right? And your body metabolically, it prioritizes clearing it out uh, over um, metabolizing the food that you eat. And so, what happens? This has been shown in research is that if you combine alcohol with fatty food, you store it even more preferentially as body fat. Now, that already occurs to some degree with dietary fat, but it's especially the case with dietary fat in alcohol. Wait, right? you say preferentially. Who's preferential? Like, who, who are you speaking to? Like, the fat's preference? Like those Reese's eggs you our, stole from your our, kids our, while you were right. drinking yeah. wine? Our damn biology. <laughs> yeah, our, so if I'm drinking wine and re- eating the Reese's eggs that I stole from Ava, does that mean... 
it's going to store fat better or worse in my body? Better. Yeah. Oh. More, more efficiently, the dietary fat. Now, it's not something to be concerned about per se. Who's concerned it, about that? Exactly. That's my point. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you're not in the quarantine phase yet, you still have work to do. Um, but but the, the long story short is you certainly can have some alcohol every day and, and stay healthy. There's, there's quite a bit of research that has, uh, I'd say the weight of the evidence is but one or, one or two servings of, of, of alcohol beverages per day. Uh, the, the current weight of the evidence would suggest that there are no downsides to that. Now, there are probably no uh, health benefits. That's, oh, that's there a, is. I know what well, it is. It's well, that it lowers my stress level. <laughs> yes. I was, I was just going to say, I was going to say, if we're talking pure physiology, some people, there is an argument where people will say, oh, uh, you know, it increases blood flow and it's good for your heart. And that, that appears to be not the case. But yes, of course, if it helps you unwind or if it reduces stress levels, then there's something to be said for that. So um, I, I myself don't drink at all, but that's just because I'm weird. Now, if we're talking about body composition, it would be smart to not combine alcohol with a bunch of fatty food. I mean, if it's a little bit, that's not a big deal. But if it's if it's going to be the pizza and the wings and the hamburgers, um, well, I mean, that already gets out of hand. But if you add if you add alcohol to it, uh, it again, it it just means that that meal is going to result in even more fat storage. So, so oh, see, I would- ice cream on a different night than you're drinking wine. Would be probably a good idea, yeah. I was taking what you said the opposite way, so I oh, take okay. it back. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> what about working out from home when we can't go to a gym? Is it yeah. realistic? Can we lift our children? Does that help? I mean, you can. Yeah, I mean, resistance is resistance, right? You know, a good tip that I actually got from a mom that has stuck with me and it works well. My wife does it. Let's say you have a workout that, yes, you, there are plenty of things you can do with just your body weight. If you can get your hand on some bands, ideally the bands would be the powerlifting variety, uh, even though you know many women would not consider themselves powerlifters or want to do powerlifting, but it's just the type of band where it ranges from like 25 to 125 pounds of resistance. If you can get your hands on some bands, then you have even more options to make those bodyweight exercises more difficult. And then if you have, I mean, if you have even just a set of dumbbells, well, then there's lots of stuff you can do. There are lots of ways too that you can take uh, simple bodyweight movements and make them more difficult. So if you, if something is too easy for you, you can do different like, for example, let's take a, a body squat, right? Okay, you squat down, you stand up. For you, Corey, you're like, yeah, cool. I could do a thousand of those by the end of the day. Is that is that really what I want to be doing? Well, no, but I would say, okay, what about um, the pistol squat, which is that one-legged squat? Now, it's kind of, it's where, you, where you're, you have one leg pointed out in front of you and then you're, you're squatting down to the bottom, you know, all the, putting your butt all the way to the ground on one leg. And I know that's a bit obnoxious because of the technique, but you can do an assisted pistol squat where you're holding on to something uh, just so you don't have to worry about the, the the balancing of it and you're just getting the resistance, right? So if you were to now, if you were to get to where you could do like 30 uh, assisted pistol squats per per side, then I'd say, okay, yeah, have, I have my daughter jump on my, uh, when I'm doing what are called inverted rows, which is just have a dip station and I'm all lying on the ground, just pulling myself up. My daughter sits on me and adds 
you know, I don't know, 25 pounds of resistance. On your right? arms? So she, sits, she sits on my stomach. I so I, uh, yeah, so I'm pulling up, oh, right? Pulling like, up. yeah, pulling up yeah. like that. And she's, she's sitting here. And, and so, but you could do the same thing. Uh, w- again, it's just adding resistance. So there's plenty. We should actually post videos of all of this. Of you I just your daughter and then we'll morning. each do an exercise with my kids were doing, my, my one and a half year old was doing burpees with me. Oh, and I don't even really do burpees, but I just thought it would be something he would enjoy. And so he was going down, jump. And is that what you would recommend right now? Because we'll definitely post some of your links so that people, I love that it's four different levels because I think a lot of people will be at home going, well, normally I would go do, you know, whatever I would do at the gym. And maybe people that don't even have a routine already would like that structure right now. Because I think I think there's probably value in even if you even if you feel like you don't have time, like you said, now's a great time to be cooking at home and having a little more control over what you're eating because you're not as tempted by restaurants. So might as well take advantage of that. In that same way, maybe you've only got a block of ten or fifteen minutes while you're. And that's a good that's a good tip. Is okay. So let's say you can't get away for an hour straight. Just it's just not going to happen, right? Can you take that hour, sixty minutes of workout, and turn it into six ten minute blocks? And, and that's, that's a great tip that I know has worked well for many moms is, so let's say, again, the extras, let's say the workout's going to be like six exercises and a certain number of sets, and it's going to be about an hour or whatever. And, and you're just doing them one exercise at a time. Uh, if you have 10 minutes, okay, good. You, you do the first 10 minutes of your workout. And then it could be three hours later, you have now 20 minutes. Cool. You do the next 20 minutes. And by the end of the day, the goal is to get through the workout. It doesn't matter how piecemeal. It doesn't matter if it takes you eight different. um, That's how we do everything, right? Really? That's how I'll, I'll, I'll have mascara on one eye for 25 minutes. Yeah. Obviously, we've got this quarantine thing going on. But in talking about these you know, what to do at home, I kind of wanted to touch on the big hurdles that women face anyway. You know, as women, a lot of us are wired alike. I know I was wired to think I needed to do so much cardio to be fit. And ultimately, I had to not do as much cardio and really focus more on lifting heavy things before I saw results. And I think right now being at home, something that feels very humanizing is going outside, going for a run, going for a walk. So what what would you recommend, um, you know, as as women who are wired to think that we need to just be sweating our faces off to accomplish anything? What do you think is a good balance for getting out? I think just moving in general is probably important right now because we're all so much more sedentary. But how do we balance that with some of this resistance training that you're talking about, these body weight exercises and bands and whatever we can get our hands on? Yeah, yeah. And so many, many women uh, are maybe they're not inclined to want to get into heavy weightlifting because they've heard that it's gonna make them bulky. That's the I thing. I always right? thought that. Been six <laughs> months doing the Les Mills um, body pump class, just like three times a week. And I will say, out of my entire adult life, after all of my kids, it was the strongest and smallest I've ever been in my life. Hmm. Like it, I wasn't. I was. I was strong. And I was small, but I was like lean muscle. And I, I have to say, like, I never in a million years would have taken a class like that before. Well, see, I used to lift a little bit heavier, but I didn't know how to really look at my body composition at the same time. And that's the key. That's the key, right? And so yeah. what it comes down to, again, is, is understanding that body composition is more important than body weight. That's also something that is, is tough for many women just starting out because many women have been so indoctrinated to live and die by oh, the, the number. Oh, we let the scale dictate how we feel about our day. 
Totally. I know. I understand. I mean, I've, I, again, I've worked with a lot of women over the years and, um, and that's been the, the, just the predominant kind of theme of, of it, it, it's not just female fitness. It's, it's, I guess it's body image really is it's, it's deeper than that. Right. And, and yes, body weight is a useful metric and it's something that's worth keeping an eye on. So you can see where things are going, but body composition is, is much more important. And that is what your body weight's comprised of in terms of for our discussion here, where we're looking at, at muscle and fat, and we want to see how that's changing. So what happens is women will get into some sort of resistance training, whether it's CrossFit or just uh, or less mills or or just good old bodybuilding or whatever, and they start gaining some muscle. But if if they're not also keeping an eye on their body fat, what can end up happening is even though they might start with a body fat level where they look in the mirror and they're like, hey, I look, I look good. And then they start gaining muscle though. And then they're like, I look big now. I'm looking bigger because their body fat level hasn't changed, right? So to put a number to it, let's say a woman is 25% body fat. That's like a pretty normal athletic even type of look. And so if a woman starts at 25% body fat and then starts adding muscle, there is a point where if she's like most women, she's going to start feeling uncomfortably big, that her clothes are going to start feeling tighter and she's not going to like so much what she's seeing in the mirror. However, if you were to take that, and that might not take that much muscle, I mean, it might only take five pounds of muscle gain for that woman to get there or maybe 10 pounds, right? Uh, but if you were to then stop right there and say, okay, let's now bring your body fat percentage down. Let's not lose any muscle. Let's keep what you're doing and let's bring your body fat percentage down to 20%, which is a perfectly healthy and that's that's a very athletic kind of look. Most women then will be very excited about what they see in the mirror. What you're seeing though often is a woman who, let's say she's gained 20 pounds of muscle, a lot of muscle, and she also, let's say her body fat percentage is 25, maybe 30%, which again, it's not bad. It's not even like 30 is a little, as far as health goes, but not, you could be perfectly healthy at, at 30% body fat if you're active and you eat well. Um, so there's nothing wrong health wise, but that look is the quote unquote bulky kind of look that that some women don't like. And, and, and many women, they don't care because they like to be strong. And many women yeah. uh, do not want, to, there's a, they only want to be so quote unquote muscular. There is a point where they, they no longer feel feminine. They just don't like it. And, and so what that means then is a bit of it is kind of your own journey and getting, finding the, the body composition that works for you. And what most women seem to, to like the most is, Let's say starting from average, right? So an, a woman who has never really trained her muscles much, maybe she played some sports when she was younger or whatever, but just normal amount of muscle, gaining probably about 15 pounds, 10 or 15 pounds of muscle in the right places. And most women are more, they want to see a bit more development in their lower bodies than their upper bodies, whereas guys tend to be the other way around, right? But so let's say 15-ish pounds of muscle in the right places and body fat around 20%. Some women like to be a little bit lower and that is where you start looking very, athletic and very toned and defined. And some women like to be a little bit higher. Um, and so that's, that's kind of the middle of the bell curve, right? But then you do have the outliers. There are some women who who don't like to have that much muscle. My wife would probably be one of those people. She is always been naturally a bit muscular. It's just her genetics. Her mom was a, a 
into bodybuilding a little bit, like not, not professionally, but just her, um, would, would lift weights a lot with her dad and stuff. So my wife though, she tends more toward this, the thinner look and other women though, like to go in the other direction a little bit. And they actually like to look a little bit bigger and, and they still look fit, but you know, they're a little bit more, uh, jacked. Well, I should share um, when guys, when we post this, we can share kind of my before and after yeah. photos of kind of what happened to me. Cause I really, um, I really wasn't looking to be um, thinner. I was looking to be stronger because my core was shot from C-section. I just felt so weak in my own body. And a side effect of this program I did was that, man, I had never counted my calories and it was eye opening. I was eating a ton of protein. I was also nursing. So um, I worked, I did actually um, Mike's coaching program. So there was a program built for me and the calories my body needed at that time. But then I kind of learned how to manipulate things. And what I found is that once you put on a certain amount of muscle, then you can decide if you want to try to continue to push harder and get more muscular. Yeah. Or if at this point you have the right amount of muscle and, and you kind of like the look, you just want to then manipulate your body fat. Which is kind and of that's where, a slow process too, and, yeah. and you're not going to wake up overnight. No, no guy. It never even happens to guys, let alone gals. You're not going to wake up and be like, "Oh, what happened? Like, my, none of my fo- none of my clothes fit anymore. I'm too, I'm too jacked." It doesn't walking around like with the look where you're like, yeah. you know, your arms can't go down to your sides or going whatever. going sideways through the door. <laughs> uh, <laughs> One of the big things I've taken away from the program I did with Mike and just his whole method is that it is better to be good most of the time than to try to be perfect all the time. And I think that's what we expect. Like we're in quarantine. Oh, we should get in the best shape of our life. And that's just not realistic. But what we can And read every book that you and uh, learn five languages. And start a podcast, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so it's just not realistic. And all we're doing is overwhelming ourselves and making us feel like we're never really accomplishing anything. And if you can instead go, I'm going to take all these little steps and find balance in my life. I'm going to do flexible dieting where I'm not cutting out foods that I love because that's not going to make me happy. Let me find a workout routine that I can stick to. Let me find a diet that I can stick to and do that consistently versus feeling like I'm not going to eat any fat and I'm not going to eat any carbs. I because love that. We, you know, there's just no such thing as that being sustainable. It's really hard to try and live a perfect life all the time. So I love what what you you said, Corey. That that his line is, "I'd rather be good all the time than perfect some of the time." Like that's just like so sustainable, and it's something that I feel like all of us can really. And then if you have a week where you're just like, my body's craving a ton of food right now, and you yeah. eat, or you're going on vacation, you know you, that that doesn't have to mean everything is ruined. What I really want to do, because I feel like what we've done is really pointed out. The, the sort of silver linings of this quarantine, quarantine thing, which is that we can have a little more control over our foods. We can take this opportunity to go, you know, run around the yard with our kids, kick a soccer ball with them. And we're moving and we're also teaching them to get up and move. These little, these little nuggets of healthy behaviors that can actually mean that not only are we not gaining the COVID-19, but maybe <laughs> we're setting us, uh, ourselves up for some good habits after the fact. Mm-hmm. A lot of the people that I hear from every day and that I interact with every day really can come out of this in at least where they were at in terms of, let's say, their body composition and their um, their general health and their state of mind in terms of how well did they do during it. But but many people, I think, are going to come out even better and and are going to walk away with like the meal planning thing is a perfect example of many people who 
hadn't really tried meal planning before and, and now made a go of it. And even if when they go back to their normal life, they won't exactly be able to follow it the way that they were, they are going to be a better intuitive eater now. Yeah, things are not perfect and we're not able to do the things that we normally like to do in the gym and maybe we're eating a bit more than we should and maybe it's causing a little bit of weight gain or maybe it's that we went into this thing wanting to lose weight. Maybe we're just like starting a cut. Now that's not going to happen. But I think there is... Um, something to be said for just gaining some perspective and remembering that we're in this for the long haul. Like this is, this is something that a lot of us are going to be doing in one form or another for the rest of our lives. And so does it really matter that for a couple months, things are, are non-optimum? Is it, does it really matter that we're just kind of scrambling a little bit to, to keep our, our heads above water, uh, in terms of our fitness, not to mention maybe other other areas, and you know, I think that there's there's some value to to have that experience and then come out the other end of it and be like, oh, well, that actually wasn't that bad. I think we're all our own worst enemies, which is why I think someone like you is so valuable because you're so open with the information that you share. Um, and it's really good information backed by science. It makes sense. And when something makes sense to me, it's easier to follow. We can't expect to just know exactly what to do. That's a lot of what we end up doing is stressing about, I'm going to try this for a week. Well, that didn't work. Let me try this. And then not knowing what to do is really more than half the battle. So if you can go and look at you know, get one of your books, read some of your articles, listen to your podcast. That has really helped me to relax and actually enjoy it and just kind of feel like, oh, well, like this is a little bit of an experiment. And once I figure out exactly how my body operates, it's actually kind of fun to see what happens because I didn't know what to do, but that's why you turn to someone who actually knows what they're talking about. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, once you learn the rules of the game, right, then you get, you, you start to feel like a game that you can play and you're not just in the dark. It's not just like black box that something goes in and either something good or bad comes out and you don't understand why. <laughs> well, where, where can we find you? I know you're at Muscle for Life on Instagram. Uh, it's at Muscle for Life Fitness. The, the hub for, for a lot of my stuff, uh, articles, podcasts, uh, books, we're going to be adding also videos that I do on, you, on YouTube, but we're going to bring them into the website is legionathletics.com. Um, that's also my sports nutrition company. And, yeah. and Mike, uh, well, first of all, thank you so much for coming on and join us, joining us today. You know, it's great information and it puts me at ease a little bit. And it's a good reminder to be like, you know, it's fine. It's just a period of time we're going through. Don't worry about it too much. And then maybe have these like little wins. You know, life's about balance. Eat your chicken oh, and they? your jennies. They, they have a, a proper jennies in DC where Oof. apparently you can, you can get all the, the flavors that they don't sell. And you know, they only have, I've only seen a handful oh, really? in, the, in the grocery we store. We have yeah. one about a mile from my house. Oh. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> um, well, this was so much fun and it was nice to see you and talk to you. Yeah, I appreciate the opportunity. Nice to meet you. Thank you. Thanks, Mike. If you enjoyed today's episode and you wouldn't mind taking a second to rate and review and subscribe and share with your friends, that would be awesome. If you have topics you'd like to hear us talk about, please reach out at Hi My Name Is Mom official on Instagram and Facebook, and our website is HiMyNameIsMom.com. Next week, we're going to talk about talking to your kids about the birds and the bees. All right, y'all have a good one. Your name is Mom.